It's my cousins now. Is that okay? Um, but there is a word from the Lord today. We're going to go to the New Testament. And we're going to be in the book of John. John chapter 16. I'm going to start at verse 6, and then I'm going to skip down a little bit. John chapter 16, starting at verse 6. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you need a little more time, say wait for me. All right, I heard you. John chapter 16, verse 6. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, starting at verse 6. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Skipping all the way down to verse 22. Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming where I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. And in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I come forth from God. I come forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Verse 29. His disciples said to him, him being Jesus, See, now you speak, are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. And Jesus answered them saying, Do you now believe? Indeed the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You may be seated. Um, for the time that is ours this morning before we all go get brunch, um, I want to talk about a tale as old as time. A tale as old as time. Um, you may have heard me say this before, but I am from the uh, city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. I'm from Philly. Um, and when you're in Philly, you just grow up loving sports, uh, especially football. So I love the Eagles, in case you hadn't known. I hear you. Um, I love the Sixers, the Phillies, and I even root for the Flyers. Uh, I, I rooted for a horse named Smarty Jones, who was from Pennsylvania. Um, anybody, Bernard Hopkins, anybody from Philly that's a sport, 
we root hard for it in Philly. Um, it didn't help that I didn't have any sisters until I joined the greatest sorority um, ever. Nonetheless, I grew up with a brother and four God, four God brothers. So when my mom brought the princess stuff around, I wasn't feeling them. Uh, I didn't want to hear about Snow White and no dwarfs. I was not feeling any of the princess stuff. I still liked He-Man, if y'all remember He-Man. And at that time, it's different for, for girls now. Um, they have Arya Stark to look up to. Uh, they have Katniss. They have uh, the Dora Milaje and Black Panther. They, they have different kind of princesses, Princess Shuri now. Um, and I wish we had some of those kind of princesses then. We, we had girls taking fruit from strangers in the forest. <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. We had Rapunzel. I knew Rapunzel's story wasn't for me. You grew your hair your whole life, and now you want me to throw my hair out this window, let it hit the dirt, and then you're gonna climb up it. Do you know how long it takes to wash all that hair? I'm a black woman, don't touch my hair. You're supposed to be saving me, you don't have no green bean stalk or no carpet. So the princesses were not for me, except for one. There was one princess that I loved. It's on Netflix. I still watch it. Beauty and the Beast. Belle. Belle had me sold from the door. You guys remember the story of Beauty and the Beast? It's a fairy tale about a monstrous looking prince and a young woman, they fall in love. Um, the prince originally was not a monster, but he was vain and he was mean to a witch who turned him into a beast and everyone in his house into objects. Um, Belle was a girl from a nearby village and I liked her because she was one of the few girls in the village that could read and she was educated and she didn't want to marry the whack dude from the village. She only cared about reading her books. Um, and so when she goes to look for her father, she meets the beast and she had a little filly in her. She was saucy. She told him what he wasn't going to do was. Um, and then she took the place and ended up saving her father. Another reason why I liked Belle. The story I think is a beautiful story of love, but just as beautiful is the music. And my favorite song from Beauty and the Beast has these words, and it's where I borrowed the title from this morning. Tale as old as time, tune as old as song, bitter, sweet, and strange, finding you can change, learning you were wrong, as certain as the sun. Love is as certain as the sun, and love is a tale as old as time. And I don't know about you, but I just think that is so beautiful. The story and the movie, just like the song, isn't smooth sailing, but just, it's just as certain as the sun is gonna rise, is as certain as there is gonna be love. But unfortunately, when you read our text today, just as love is a tale as old as time, so is trouble. And just as love is as certain as the sun, so is tribulation. 
Um, we see it in the biblical account from Adam to Eve to Sarah to Hannah to Esther. And so in our text today, Jesus with this in mind, knowing that trouble was coming, he sits down his disciples for what I would like to call a prep talk. And at the end of this almost four chapter conversation, Jesus tells them, look, these things I have spoken to you so that you may have peace. Tribulation is coming, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You will have tribulations and pressure and oppression and trouble and stress and disappointment, bad diagnosis, bad days, bad grades. And, and I know that doesn't fit the current narrative of the name it and the claim it, and if you pay your tithes, you're gonna be okay. Um, because the word is that in this life, there will be tribulation. And it sure feels like trouble is present now. Anytime you're arresting kindergartners and doing mug shots for having temper tantrums in school, that feels like trouble to me. Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water, and that feels like trouble to me. This administration, every time I turn around, oh, it feels like tribulation and trouble is here. They still got babies in cages at the border. If that's not trouble, racism and leadership and sexism and misogynism, we still have black boys and black girls being gunned down on streets and sometimes by those who are sworn to protect them, it feels like trouble is present. And I want you to look closely to who Jesus is talking to in this moment. He's not talking to the crowd. He's not even talking to his family. He's talking to his disciples, those who are closest to him, those who walked with him every day. And that's a word because just because you're close to God doesn't mean you're not going to go through some things. Just because you come to church three and a half times a week, even on Tuesdays, doesn't mean you're not going to go through trouble. And I say this because uh, uh, some people have the tendency to make us feel like we're not Christian enough uh, or praying enough if we get sick uh, or if something bad happens. But the devil is a lie, prayer cloth or not. In this life, there will be tribulation. And he's telling that to the people closest to him. If you read the whole four chapters, he's basically giving them a foreshadowing of his death. He's telling them that he's going to have to die. And he's also telling them about the trouble they will have. Um, he tells them that they're going to put him out of, the, that they're going to want to put them out of the church, that people are going to want to kill them. But as he's giving them this pep talk, I would say, when trouble comes, he's letting them know that he's going to walk through it with them. And there's some themes that we can find from this four-chapter conversation, particularly the, chap the verses that I read, that will help us get through some things when trouble comes. Can I give them to you real quick? The first thing is God speaks just so that you can have peace. God speaks so that you can have peace. He tells them this, look, I'm only telling you this so that when things go wrong, when things go south, when you don't feel like going to church, 
when the news is bad, when you don't pass the grade, when the gun violence erupts, when they fund guns in schools and not books, when the troubles come, be at peace. It doesn't mean don't march. It certainly doesn't mean don't vote. Please march and please vote. Speak up, but be at peace. And I really like this because we already know that God can speak the change can speak to change the weather during a storm. He spoke to raise the dead for a widow, a father, and his friends. He spoke to stop the stoning of a woman who was caught in adultery. And he spoke to heal eight-year-long ailments. But God loves us so much that in this moment, he's only speaking for our benefit of peace, just so that we can have a smile on our face, just so we can lay down and go to sleep at night. Just so our hearts won't be so heavy. And I'm so glad for a God that speaks just so we can be at peace. Uh, this helps me because whatever you're going through, even if it hurts right now, go ahead and be at peace. You don't know how you're going to make it out, but be at peace. You don't know if the decision will work out in your favor, but be at peace. You don't know what the doctor gonna say tomorrow but be at peace you're still waiting for the college admission letter but be at peace and we don't know when 45 is gonna go away but be at peace if you look at this the tribulation is promised but the peace is offered the tribulation is promised but the peace is offered. So this peace is a choice. He offers the opportunity for you to be at peace no matter what is going through. And it's not just a peace within. The Greek word arena actually is, means a global peace for peace and harmony so that you can be at peace with those who don't look like you that you can be at peace with those who don't love like you, that you can be at peace with those who don't believe in what you do, red state or blue state, doesn't matter, you can be at peace. The tribulation's going to come, the death is going to come, hurt is going to come, but you get to accept the peace that Jesus is offering. And I'm so glad for my peace. I'm glad that when everything is rolling around me that I can sit in the eye of the storm and be at peace. That if my, when my day has been dark, I can lay down and get some sleep at night. And maybe you're at a place sometimes where you just can't feel God or you don't hear the, spe the pe Spirit speaking to you. If you just open up the Word of God, you'll find some peace. He's speaking in the Word for Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in you. 14.27 of John. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you let your heart not be troubled and neither let it be afraid be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and 
the peace of God and the peace of God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God speaks just so we can be at peace. God speaks so that we can be at peace. And the second thing he tells them is don't have sorrow over separation. Don't have sorrow over separation. When Jesus tells the disciples he has to leave, they become sad and rightfully so. They become sorrow because for sometimes separation goes hand in hand with grief, knowing that he had to go. But Jesus tells them, nevertheless, my departure is for your benefit. Jesus is saying that sometimes separation is a good thing. And I don't know who or what you've been separated from, but it just may be for your benefit. I know that you're upset because they left, but it might just be for your benefit. You didn't want the contract to end, but it just might be for your benefit. Nevertheless, be of good comfort and nevertheless take courage. Jesus says he has has to go so that the Holy Spirit could come. And maybe some things or some people need to leave our lives so some other things and some other people can come. He tells them, you have sorrow now, but don't be sorry because all separation is not permanent. Uh, uh, he says the disciples are sad uh, because he tells them that he has to go, but he lets them know that it's not permanent. In verse 22, I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and joy no man can take from you. And I got to be honest, because I need every bit of that verse. About two years, uh, my mom passed away, and I miss her still every day. But when Jesus told his disciples he would see them again. It helped remind me that December 30th, 2017 is not the last time I'm going to see my mama. I'm going to see her again. When this life is over soon and very soon, I'm going to see my mama again. And I know I'm not the only one that's lost a loved one. The word of the day is this separation is just temporary. You're going to see daddy again. You're going to see your cousin again. You're going to see your child again. This separation is not permanent. So don't be sorry about being separated. And then he tells them, even though you may be separated from people, you're never separated from God. And yet I am not alone because my father is with me. And sometimes friends and family want to be there for you, but they can't. They have their own stuff to deal with. But even if you miss their call or that text or their presence, God is never separated from us. We might be separated from people, but we're never separated from God or his love. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Don't have sorrow over separation. He's speaking just so that he can be, they can be at peace. Thirdly, he tells them, trust through the process. Now, uh, 
Being a graduate of the Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology and also being a Sixers fan, uh, you've heard trust the process. Uh, but honestly, sometimes the process is too painful or doesn't make sense. Uh, and what Jesus is saying, trust through the process. Uh, that in spite of the process, trust God through the process. The disciples couldn't really, fully, uh, couldn't really comprehend or fully understand what Jesus is trying to tell them. They didn't get all that Jesus was saying and what he was about to do. He's telling them that he's talking in figurative language and that he'll eventually speak plainly. And then he says to them, do you now believe? Jesus essentially wants to know, do you trust me through this tribulation? Do you trust me through this process? Do you believe what I'm telling you? Do you believe that even though I'm gonna die and we're gonna be separated, it's going to hurt? Do you believe? Do you trust that everything is gonna be okay? Do you trust me even in death? And you, even though they don't understand, he wants to know if they, if they trust him, and mostly because the process changes, but God does not. The process changes, but God doesn't. And the disciples essentially answer, well, now we believe you. And I had a moment right there, because this is, again, they've been with him three years, and now they're saying, now we believe you. What you mean, now you believe? I mean, they have been walking with him for three years. They didn't believe when he turned water into wine. They didn't believe when he healed all those sick people. Dead people literally got up and walked. And you still have some questions? But if I'm truthful, I can't really be mad at that because sometimes you wanna believe, but it's difficult. You want to trust the process, but it's hard. I'll give you an example. February of 2018, um, I had the best weekend of my life. Uh, I went to the cold depths of Minnesota, and I witnessed the greatest things I've ever seen with my two eyes. I went to the Super Bowl. It was the Eagles versus the Patriots. Um, and I got to admit, before the game, I was worried. I thought about losing and it made me sad. And during the game, I was stressed. And even though um, we, we beat the Minnesota Vikings two weeks before, I'm gonna be honest, I had my doubts about playing the Patriots. Um, I talked a lot of trash on Facebook. I wore my jersey on the plane. Um, every time I saw someone in the Patriots jersey in Minnesota, which was not that many, I gave them a mean look. But deep down inside, I was like, this is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, you, you come that far. It's cold. You spend all that money. You can't leave. Like, you can't leave the game early. So you just have to cry in your seat with everyone else. And so I was praying during the game. I had my doubts, and I was worried. Um, but, you know, I DVR'd it, and I came home. You know, we won. Um, and every time I'm having a bad day at work, I just, you know, rewatch the game. Um, I've probably seen it like 30 times now. I can even do all the announcements. They have two versions, one with commercials and, and one without. Um, 
But you know what I realized now that I'm rewatching it? Now that I know how it ends, I'm not so stressed. Now that I've seen it, I get to enjoy it. Now that I know the kicker for the Patriots is going to miss that field goal. Now that I know Brady isn't going to catch that pass, but Nick Foles is. Now that I know Zach Ertz is going to become a runner and get a touchdown. Uh, now that I know that even though it looks like Tom is going to do it, Brandon Graham gets a fumble. And now that I know with nine seconds left, that ball's going to be incomplete. Uh, it just feels different. Uh, and I'm not just talking to Eagles fans and Patriot haters, uh, but we know how it's all going to end. Uh, you see, we have a better vantage point than the disciples. Uh, we know that the cross didn't win. We know that death isn't the end of Jesus. Uh, we've seen God do it. Uh, we've seen God bless. Uh, we've seen God heal. We've seen God work miracles. Uh, we've seen God fix it the last time. Uh, and now that we know, uh, we ought to trust uh, because God is the same God today, uh, yesterday, and forevermore now that we know we can trust now that we know it's gonna work out in our favor now that we know it's not going to end in our demise now that we know we can trust through the process whatever we have to go through whatever the formation called whatever the audible looks like I trust the one who calls the plays. I trust the one who calls the plays. Now that I know, I trust God through the process. I'm just about done. The last point, it really just sells itself. It actually is the best point. The best part about this entire conversation, Jesus and the disciples, is the last part. We see Jesus offer the peace we see him introduce the comforter, the Holy Spirit. We see him talk about joy. Jesus shows compassion, but it's the last part. Jesus essentially guarantees the W. He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God guarantees the victory. Uh, I told you about my favorite movie in the beginning, Beauty and the Beast. And I told you how much I love the music, which is why I borrowed a tale as old as time. Um, but all of the music actually on the soundtrack is very good music. And if you're listening and you're watching the first part of the movie, um, she's singing a song and actually it's called Belle. And what she says is, oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part because you'll see here where she meets Prince Charming, but she won't discover it's him till chapter three. And she's foreshadowing in the song in the beginning of the movie how she's going to meet her prince at the end of the movie. And the way, same way Jesus is foreshadowing his death in the middle of the book of John um, is the same way she is foreshadowing the movie. And when we get to the end of the beauty and the beast and we see her meet her prince, you notice that she is the one who actually saves him. Uh, the rose is about to run out uh, and only true love could break the curse uh, and 
only love could stop him from dying. And only love could stop all of his friends from dying. And we find out that she does love him and that love takes the victory, that love saves him and that love saves his friends and that love gets the win. And we know another story about love saving people from death. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. For it was love that caused Jesus to die for me. Love that caused him to give up his life. Love that made him take the walk to Calvary. Love that let him do nothing but when they stretched him wide and he hung his head. Love let him hung his head and die. But I'm so glad that death didn't get the victory that day. Death doesn't get the win. That that's not how the story ends. Just as Jesus guaranteed it, he died but he rose again. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? And thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. It was love that caused him to conquer death and he conquered sin and he conquered hate and he conquered evil and he'll conquer gun violence and he'll conquer cancer and he conquered my finances. He'll conquer a broken prison system and he'll conquer sexism and he conquered the world because even though tribulation like love is a tale as all old as time love always takes the win come on let's praise God for the preach word Amen. God be praised for his daughter who trumpeted the word very powerfully this morning and we can